Well, welcome to the second episode of the Psalm 51 podcast, which is a ministry of the Old Country Church at Lafette, located in Lafette, Texas, just east of Pittsburgh. We're also in partnership with Fallen in Grace Ministry based out of Tennessee uh, at Family Baptist Church, I believe is the name. And uh, so we want to welcome you in. Again, this is just our second episode. I'm your host, Riley Pate, my co-host, best friend, mentor, and pastor, Brother David Jackson here with me. And uh, again, just to kind of set a basis, we talked about this in the first episode, but maybe you haven't had uh, time to go over there. And if if you haven't, we encourage you to go back because we kind of set a foundation for what we're doing here. But uh, we are uh, pastoring the Old Country Church at Lafette. And out of that, we want to be a part of restoring people who have fallen back to God. And so what we do in this podcast is we break down different aspects and discuss different aspects of restoration, falling uh, into sin and ways to come out of it. We uh, provide helps and resources and all those things. So if you're listening to this, we're so glad to have you uh, tuning in. And again, last episode, if you haven't had time, go back, listen to it. But there we kind of set a foundation. We discuss what it means to be fallen and what it means to be restored. And we touch on uh, Psalm 51, which is a psalm of David. And uh, so we're going to take the next few episodes and uh, use that to break down uh, this text, uh, Psalm 51, which is kind of the basis of for this ministry. And so I'm going to set the stage and then we're going to dive into Psalm 51. So prior to Psalm 51 uh, being written, we have King David. Now, uh, for those of you that might not be familiar with the story up to this point, David had been a shepherd boy. He had been chosen by God to be the king of Israel. And so he had fulfilled all of that and he had gone on. He had done some great things. But then there came a point in David's life where rather than going out to battle like all the other kings had done, he decided to stay home uh, for whatever reason. And on top of that, he decided not to do hardly anything at all except go up on his porch in the middle of the day and take naps. And so that's what he was doing. And one day as he sat there on top of that uh, uh, roof there, his rooftop, and looked down, he saw a woman. She was a married woman. Beautiful. A beautiful woman. In fact, she was married to one of his soldiers. And he said, I've got to have her. And they said, well, you know, she's married. He said, doesn't matter. You bring her anyways. And in that moment, King David, the, the king that the Bible says was a man after God's own heart, fell. Period. End of story. But that's not the end of his story. Because his story really and truly begins there. Because after this fall, God allowed him not only to remain king of Israel, but God did in fact restore him. And so we used a phrase last week called coming unto yourself. And that's where we pick up in Psalm 51. Yeah, David had to come to himself before uh, he could get back 
into the graces of God. Uh, David had hit rock bottom, so to speak, mm -hmm. as we would say today. Uh, David realized that he had sinned. He had transgressed against God. And David realizes that there was only one who could forgive, and that was who he had sinned against, mm -hmm. and that was God himself. Um, as he starts out with verse 1 of chapter 51, it's uh, interesting how he phrases uh, these, these first four verses. But David said, have mercy upon me, O God. And, and I love what he said next, uh, Brother Riley. According to thy loving kindness. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, have mercy upon me, God, according uh, to thy loving kindness and, and the multitude of thy tender mercies. Mm. And uh, he knew that God uh, wouldn't beat him up when he went back to God. Mm -hmm. He knew that after he came to himself and needed forgiveness, he knew there was only one that could give him that forgiveness, yeah. only one that could restore him back to his graces, and, and that was God. And, and I, I love how he started the prayer off. Mm. He bragged on God. Try. He said, according to thy loving kindness, mm -hmm. we, we serve a God who has loving kindness. Mm -hmm. David said, according unto thy, the multitude of thy tender mercies. Uh, David knew that God was a God of love, that God loved him as his own son because he was his son. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he, uh, I, I, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's amazing that we fear to get right with God because we fear what God is going to do. Right. But it's not coming back to God of what God's going to do. It's when we run from God. Right. When we try to hide mm -hmm. our sins, when we try to hide our transgressions. Yeah. But David knew better, mm -hmm. and David came back to God. Well, that's why you know God had even told Moses, be sure that your sins will find you out. You know, He told the, the children of Israel back then, uh, because that's when we have to fear God, is when he's got to chase us down like you were talking about. Yeah. But, but I love those words, according to thy... Yeah. Uh, that word thus sticks out because we talked about this issue a little bit in the episode last week and it, it will be a recurring theme because it's so prominent today where people think you have to come to them to get right. Yeah. And if you're not right with them, then you're not right with God. Yeah. And, and he didn't say, let me go back to her and get right. Let me go back to the people that I've wronged and get right. He yeah. said, according to thy yeah. loving kindness, not anybody else's. Yeah. It wasn't about... Him or anybody else, how God had used uh, Nathan, no doubt, yeah. uh, to to convict David. Yeah. But David didn't even say, "Oh, I got to go back to Nathan and say, hey, you know, I've done this, this, and this,' and yeah. then Nathan's going to let me yeah. give this speech in front of the people." That didn't happen. He said, uh, "Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, not anybody else's." Why? Because it, now again, it's good when we can restore relationships with others. That I, that's great. It is. Yeah. But that's not uh, ultimate forgiveness. That's right. Ultimate forgiveness comes from God and God alone. Yeah. And there will be times when, because of people's unwillingness to listen, 
that you can get right with God and never get right with them because of their choices. And David knew how people were. David had been king for a long time uh, up to this point. He knew that, listen, it doesn't matter how much I grovel. It doesn't matter what I say. There are some people that are not going to accept uh, my plea for forgiveness. That's right. So you know what? I'm going to focus on getting right with God. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if someone refuses to forgive us for something we've done. Mm-hmm. What we must do is concentrate on God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Try. Uh, and, you know, I've heard this statement before. I, I, I think if there's ever a statement that Christians could make that I disagree with, it is this statement of, Private sin, private confession, open sin, open confession. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to do that. No. You know, and as you mentioned a while ago, if we have wronged someone, we ought to go to that person and get it right with them. Try. If we have sinned against someone, we've sinned against God. Mm-hmm. We need to go to God and ask forgiveness. Try. I, I love in verse number two uh, when he says, um, uh, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This word thoroughly means completely. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, wash me completely. Completely take away all my sins right. that I have committed against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, cleanse me from all my sin. He, did, he didn't just say one sin. He said all of them. He said all my sins. Mm-hmm. We, we go throughout each day of our life. And we don't think about the sins we commit because it's something we do on a regular basis. It comes natural to us. But we sin every day. Mm -hmm. And though David committed a horrendous sin because he took another man's wife and slept with her, and he wanted that forgiveness for God, but it wasn't just that because all sin is sin in the eyes of God. And David said, cleanse me from all my sins. Mm -hmm. Completely cleanse me. Right. So sometimes I think we as Christians, we need to realize that we're no better than anybody else. We we live for some reason we live this self righteous life uh, of thinking we're better than other people because they've committed a big sin and mm-hmm. and we we don't look at our sin as big sin. It's only little sin. Right. But but big sin is something that somebody else is doing, not me. Right. And yet in reality. All sin is sin in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. And we must confess those sins. And the big ones, the small ones, what we consider big, we must confess those to God and ask him, forgive us of all sin that I've committed. Right. And that word throughly too means that this was a deep process. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we want to just kind of, you know, dig into things on the surface. Yeah. But, but David knew that there was more to it than just what he had done with Bathsheba. He knew that there was a motive behind that. There was things deep in his life that had caused uh, him to do this. And you and I have talked about this too, that a lot of times when people sin, nobody cares about the backstory. They just care about the sin. That's it. But but (laughs) if you ever want to help somebody, you've got to understand the why. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't mean that you're saying, oh, well, that's okay, you know. But it does mean that you care enough to understand the why. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm here to tell you, 99.9% of people that fall into the type of sin, because we're, we're dealing specifically at this point with the sin of adultery, right. 99.9% of the people who fall into that particular sin 
don't do it simply for the the, the whim of, oh, I want to do this. There is something in their life that may be recent, and it may even be further in their past, that that becomes kind of, Satan uses it to activate this in their brain, and they they begin to use this particular uh, sin as the outlet, the escape route. Yes. Because it makes them feel, you know, like, hey, for, for this amount of time, this didn't happen. Uh, you know, and, and so what, what David is saying, literally, he's telling God, whatever it is that has driven me to this point, I want you to deal with that. Yeah. But but those two words that he used in verse one, loving kindness and mercy, set the stage for the process. Because sometimes we, now, now don't get me wrong, it's not always a fun process, right? Yeah, when God's uh, unpacking things in our life. Mm-hmm. However, having said that, God doesn't do this cleansing out of hatred. God doesn't do it to hurt us. God doesn't do it to be mean to us. He's doing it to help us. And so when he's, as he's cleansing us, there are going to be things in our life that are going to hurt because we have to, you know, we have to deal with it. We have to say, hey, this happened or that happened and I need to deal with this. But we have to, as we go through that process, be reminded that God is sparing us from what we deserve. Yeah. By, by not just you know obliterating us from the get-go, by allowing us to go through this uh, restorative process. And then he's doing it out of his loving kindness. He loves you. Just like when your parents do certain things, you know, that, that at the time, oh, that's just mean. But they're doing it because they love you. That's how God deals with us. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that you said that because even David uh, follows up in verse 3. And uh, in verse in verse number three, he said, "For I acknowledge my transgressions." Mm-hmm. He he openly acknowledged them, not to man, right, but to God. Mm-hmm. He I said he said I acknowledge my transgression and my sin mm-hmm. is ever before, before. me. Yeah. Uh, until until we get to the point that we came to ourselves and realized that we're the ones who committed these sins. We're the ones that fought. We are. As David was, he had to come to himself. He was in the valley. He had gone as far down as he could go. And uh, until we get to that point in our life and be like David and acknowledge our sins to God, he, he says, my sin is ever before me. Mm-hmm. We, we live in a, in a world as a child of God that if we do not confess our sins to God, that sin haunts us every day. Uh-huh. It comes around ever so often. Yeah. Uh, we can't move on until we get it right with uh-huh. God. We can't be forgiven until we get it right with God. Right. We, we look back on our life, if we would all take uh, 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 take some time, get along with God, get in the Word of God, and go back and look at our life and find the things that have hurt us. Find the sins that we have committed uh, unto God and get it right with God. If we do not, it's like a bad nightmare that won't go away. Mm-hmm. It's ever before us, David said. My right. sins are ever before me. And many Christians, unfortunately, live that life. They cannot let go of their sins because they have never got it right with God. Right. And, and when he says, my sins are ever before me, that doesn't mean that from this point forward, David constantly relived no, his no, sin. That's right. And that's what some people want us to do when we fall into sin. They want us to constantly be thinking about it and constantly feel guilty about it. Yes. Constantly. But that's not God's intention at all. 
what what where God had David at this point was okay. You got to see it. You need to deal with it. You need to understand the serious yeah. uh, seriousness of it, so that now we can move on. Yes, that this sin being ever before David was not for the purpose of torturing him. Yeah. It was not for the the purpose of repeatedly uh, trying to punish him, and it was never going to be brought up again. Mm-hmm. It was before him in that moment. But it wasn't going to be before him in a week. It wasn't going to be before him in a month. It wasn't going to be before him in a year. And and unfortunately, there are people out there, many people in the church, who believe that, okay, every time I want to manipulate that person into doing what I want them to do, I'm going to bring it back up. I'm going to make them feel bad about it. I'm going to, you know, the the next... Pastors, for instance, the next time I hear he's in view of a call somewhere, I'm going to call him up and say, hey, don't you remember you did this, this, and this? You you really shouldn't be pastoring a church. Or the next time I hear of you know somebody going and joining a church, I'm going to call up that pastor. Well, you know, they, they did this, this, and this. They really need to think about that. And, and, and there's people who, I, I mean, they just love bringing up people's sins as if we're supposed to constantly. And, and listen, for people who have fallen... It, it's hard enough to move on because we feel so bad about it. But when we accept that, hey, God's mercy, God's loving kindness, God forgives, God's done this, then and only then after we've accepted that can we really move on because then it doesn't matter when these other people come in because we can say, that's fine, you may feel that way, but God doesn't feel that way. And ultimately, we're going to answer to him, not you. You know, we we could we call ourselves, and we are a restoration church at the Old Country Church at Lafayette. Uh, we are uh, our ministry uh, from the church is to help those who have fallen into sin, uh, those who other churches have scorned, who um, who would rather you come up in front of the church, confess your sins to everybody. And I mentioned it to a dear friend of ours last night, Brother Denny. Why in the world would we want somebody to come up in front of the church and openly confess their sins to those sitting in the pew, those who have no idea possibly what you've done, and even if they do, why would you confess that sin? Why would you openly tell people what you've done? Because you're going to be judged every time they see Mm -hmm. you based on what you opened your mouth and said. Right. They cannot forget it. Mm -hmm. It's constantly in their mind. Not only will your sins be before you, but it will be before those who need not know what you've done. Right. It's not any of their business. Mm -hmm. They don't need to know what that sin is because that will haunt them. And every time they look at you, that's what they will think of you. That's why you said a while ago about pastors. That's what pastors do. Uh, in many instances in a lot of churches, yep. they want you to openly confess it so that that sin is in everybody's mind mm-hmm. and you can never be who God wants you to be to them. Right. We must be what God wants us to be completely. Well, and, and that's what separates man from God. It is. Because God's mind does forget. He says it, that they're, they're forgiven and forgotten, never to be remembered yeah. again. Man's brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> and that's the danger. I, you know, I preached a revival a few, right. well, a couple of months ago now, and I, I kept saying it during that revival. There is a dangerous thing when people 
dethrone God and enthrone themselves in his place. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? What Brother David's talking about there, where, where people want you to openly confess, and then now that's stuck in their mind. Well, the reason that's stuck in their mind is because they've tried to play God, but they're trying to do it with a mind that is not that of God. Mm-hmm. Because what God wants you to do is come to him, confess it, but He doesn't. Rem- when he looks at you from that point on, it's forgiven, it's forgotten, and we move on. But man can't do but that. But man can't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger of man trying to become God because we lack the characteristics of God. We, we are not sovereign. We're not uh, eternal. We're not providential. We're, we're none of those things. Yes. But when we try and play God, what we're doing is we're trying to act out God's uh, 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 timeline and God's powers without possessing the things necessary to do that. Well, that's, what, that's why David said in, in verse number four, he said, uh, against thee and the only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Right. But yet he said, against thee and the only have I sinned. Mm-hmm. He didn't even mention Uriah's family yeah, because that's, that's not how it that's works. Right. And, uh, and he said, and done this evil in thy sight. Mm-hmm. Every time we commit sin, we commit it in front of God. Right. If God lives within our heart, God is with us 24-7. He knows everything that we do and everything that we do wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why you and I, I we've talked about um, having um, uh, being accountable to mm-hmm. our peer, being accountable to someone in our life, whether it be our wife, whether it be our best mm-hmm. friend, our pastor, whoever. We all must be accountable to somebody because God is always watching. Right. We are accountable to God no matter what we do. Right. But if we're accountable to somebody in our in our life, whether it be our pastor, whether it be our wife, whoever, it will it will help us. To not get in the situation that David got himself into, and he said, "This evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest." Mm-hmm. And so, God judges um, righteously. Right. Uh, there again, He's not going to come after us when we go to Him for for forgiveness. He's mm-hmm. not going to come after us and. And uh, beat us to a pulp. Uh, God is a, a, a He is a God of love, and I think sometimes that word is misused yes. uh, among Christians. God well, is a God of love. Love is not affirmation. God, uh, love is restoration. That's that's yeah. exactly right, and 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 that's why in our hearts, our heart is in restoration. Mm-hmm. We we are a, a, a fundamental Baptist church, but but we are a church that that loves people. Even those who have fallen into sin, right. even those who other churches don't want, mm-hmm. even those who have not found their way back to God yet, right. who have not come to themselves, who have not gone to the Lord and, mm-hmm. and, and asked for forgiveness because we, we want you to understand there is a way back to God. Yes. There is a life away from those who want to criticize you those who want to crucify you, those who want to constantly bring your sins up, God and God alone can forgive. Mm -hmm. He will forgive. He will restore you back into his graces. Yes. And there is a calling and purpose for your life that God wants to fulfill 
through you mm-hmm. and you only. And, and that nobody else can take away. That Nobody else can take it away. <laughs> we got to go back to that, 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 what he said there, those uh, two phrases. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Right. David was not concerned with what other people thought. That's right. And, and that's going to sound sound right. cold and calculated. Right. No. What David was saying was, listen, ultimately, you're the one I answer to. Yeah. It's not that I don't care about people. It's not that I don't love people. It's not, it's not that. But ultimately, you're the one I answer to. And, and, and notice there he said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And I, I mentioned this as you were talking about. He didn't even mention... Uriah the Hittite's family. Right. He had, you know, hurt them, right. but he didn't sin against them. He sinned against God. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who, after you hurt them, will come back and, and tell others, well, they sinned against me. No, you didn't. You don't yeah. sin against other people. You sin against God. Now, you may hurt other people in the process of your sin, yeah. but they're not God. You can't sin against somebody else who's not righteous. Right. Sin is only sin because it is measured up to perfection. And ain't nobody that's ever walked the face of this earth outside Jesus Christ perfect. So you can hurt them, but you don't sin against them. And that's where people come in and they try and derail what God's trying to do in your life by saying, well, you sinned against me. No, I sinned against God. I got right with him. And once I do that, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that it's all predestined. In other words, there's nothing that can stop God's process in your life. From that point forward, it's, you know, uh, Katie, bar the door, I'm coming. God's got a plan. He's going to work out that plan. And it doesn't matter who may try and get in my way. It doesn't matter what might be said. There, there are going to be obstacles, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, there are going to be times when, when you feel like this is exactly what God wants you to do and you go to do it and you hit a, a, a wall there and then God says, that's part of my plan, but ultimately my plan's on this side of it. Yeah. And, and then you're going to pursue that. But ultimately, according to Romans chapter 8, once you've come to yourself, mm-hmm. once you've gone to God for his mercy, his loving kindness, his restoration, his forgiveness, according to Romans chapter 8, Nothing can stop it. That's right. You know, because you've acknowledged that, hey, I have sinned against the sovereign king of the universe, and I'm trusting him and him alone, not other people, not their opinions, none of that. I'm trusting him and him alone to not only get my life back on track, but make it better than it was before. Right. We, we mentioned this last week. We'll mention it several times on this podcast that really and truly your best work is done after you've experienced something in your life like this where God is the only way out. You've had to completely and utterly rely upon him and him alone and he brings you through it. He sets you up, and now your dependence isn't on what you think. It's not on your plan. It's not a part of your timeline. It is exactly what God wants you to do, where God wants you to do it, when God wants you to do it. You know, I'm reminded of what Brother Brother Howell said this morning in a quote. He said, nothing is quite enjoyable as seeing God do through me what people said I could not do. Mm. It's um, true. That's so awesome. Though people may look at us as someone who fell into sin after 
we have pastored, after we have preached the gospel, after we have been in church and sat in the pew and, and tried to live as, as good a Christian life as we could live, and yet we have fallen into sin and, and, uh, and we, we had to come to ourselves. We had to get right with God. We had to ask forgiveness. And, and yet God uh, says, I'm still going to use you. That's right. He didn't quit using David mm-hmm. after David fell into sin. Yeah. He didn't say you're through. Right. I can't ever use you again. And yet people, I'm sure, just like David did, people looked at him and said, he's over with. Mm-hmm. He can't be king. He can't be God's man. Yep. But that's what people look at us and others who have fallen. They look at them and say, he can't pastor anymore. Mm-hmm. He, he can't go behind the pulpit again. He's right. not worthy. Well, well, tell me who is worthy. Yeah. But the miraculous part of it is, is to allow God to work through you mm. and use you fulfilling that calling on your life. And I tell you, what the, what the best part of it is, it's not about me. Right. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about God using a sinner to lead sinners to Christ. Right. And yeah. so we 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 want you to understand that through these series of podcasts as we speak, we want you if you're listening, we want you to understand that there is restoration in God. That you can be used of God that you can be restored back to God, just like David did. Um, and, and, and God will do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what the other churches say. Right. I don't care what other pastors say. I want you to know what the Bible says. That's exactly right. Yep. Because that's all that matters. And that, that's it. That, that's yep. what matters. God is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of what your family thinks, regardless of what uh, others in the church think, uh, regardless of what another pastor may say of you and mm-hmm. and uh, try to destroy your ministry <laughs> with God after you've got right. Yep. Only thing that matters is that you're right with God and that God can still use you. You say, well, I'm, I'm just a layman in the church. I mean, I, I don't have a ministry. Yes, you do. Yes, you mm-hmm. do. We're, we, we are commanded in the Word of God uh, to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's right. It is amazing what someone who has fallen into sin and got right with God, the testimony they can have to the lost and to other fallen Christians. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I, I spoke, as I mentioned earlier, with uh, a couple last night from our church, and, and, and what they told me was, we have never, ever seen a church like this before. Mm. We have never been taught the things that we're being taught now through mm. the Word of God. And they're excited. Yeah. Others in the church, they say, we see the excitement. Mm-hmm. Y'all have done something in this community that no one has ever been. Well, it's, it's, but it's not us. It's God. It's, it's God. Right. God is used using an imperfect person mm-hmm. to preach a perfect book. That's right. It's amazing what God can do, and He can do it for you too. And, and what a testimony when when God gets a hold of those of us who have fallen. He puts us back together, and then He and I mentioned it last week. He puts us in a place that we never would have dreamed of being before. Yeah. 
much like he did Peter. Peter goes from a fisherman to a disciple to now preaching on the day of Pentecost, yeah. Yeah. and God uses him in such a mighty way. You see Paul, I mean, so many others. Even uh, after he doubted God. Even after he doubted God. <laughs> and denied him, you know, yeah. and all those things. And so God is a God of, of loving kindness. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of righteousness. All those things. Yeah. But he does it ultimately for the purpose of restoring sinners back to a relationship with him so that he can then use us in the ways that he's always intended uh, for us to be uh, used. If you are in this situation Feel free to reach out to us, the Old Country Church at Lafette. You can find us on Facebook. You can get in contact with uh, myself or Brother David. And if we can help you, we'll be glad to do it. And if we can't, we can get you in touch with those uh, who can and get you the resources uh, needed to get you back on this path of restoration, getting you back uh, to being right in your relationship with God. And let me say... If you contact us, you've already taken the, the most important step, right. and that is admitting that, hey, I'm somebody who is in need of restoration. So we'll be glad to bring you in and help you and walk with you, not just send you on your way, walk with you uh, through this journey. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Psalm 51 podcast, and uh, be sure and share this. Let us know what you think, and we will see you again next week. God, God bless. bless.